Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire, Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 265, and today we'll be talking about the Summer Camp Island episode, Monster Babies. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So, you know, part of me wants to go ahead and skip some episodes so we can get you further ahead in the series, but another part of me is like, these episodes are awesome, and I'd like to talk about them all. As someone who's now experiencing this series for the first time, Monster Babies was completely different, in my opinion, from the first episode. It's kind of a totally different vibe, and I really enjoyed it. And so, to me, it's already displaying a versatility in what kind of stories it can tell and what kind of jokes it can tell, and I really enjoyed that. Alice has a very unethical (laughs) behavior in this episode that is just so different from the more, like, personal conflict that Oscar has in the first episode. Professor Genki would not approve of Alice. No, Alice has no lesson learned by the end of the episode, which is very funny, and it's even funnier that one of the monsters ends up wanting to stay a baby anyway. But I really like that they've built the witches to be sort of rude and critical, except for, of course, well, what's the nicest witch's name? Betsy. Yeah, Betsy is very cool, unlike Alice. And while Susie is very judgmental of Alice, Alice is mostly nice. It's kind of weird that she has a evil witch cackle when she's just, you know, casting spells of cuteness. But I enjoy it. Yeah, for some reason, I always want to reverse Alice and Betsy's names. I've known their names for a long time, and it is a constant battle with me. So (laughs) if I, at any point in the podcast, call Alice Betsy, you're just going to have to understand that this is an (laughs) affliction I struggle with. Well, yeah, I don't have a mnemonic device for it, but at least Alice is the one who's voiced by Charlene Yee. So if that somehow helps her stand out in your mind. There's that. Oh, no, I know. I I know. But it's just for some reason, I'm like, oh, nicest witch named Alice, obviously. (laughs) I mean, between the three witches, at least two of them are nicer. So that kind of, you know, maybe you get them mixed up that way. But we were talking about with the last episode, how, you know, they chose to just have Oscar delve right into camp. They didn't even have any episodes with him like, becoming familiar with the place. This is his second episode, and he's already quite familiar with all of the witches. He knows all of the monsters pretty well. Yeah, this is the kind of episode that you could actually start a series with. Like, when you do this sort of of slice-of-life story, you don't even have to introduce the characters. You could start a show just like this. This almost is more like in the vein of the first episode of Adventure Time, the uh, zombie slumber party panic, or whatever it was called where you just have the characters kind of in media res and you don't worry about it. So it is kind of weird that apparently some time has passed since the first episode. But also I think Oscar having a group of monster friends makes a lot of sense despite his characterization that he's pretty shy because the monsters are sufficiently different from the animals that I guess he has more of a problem with and Also, in their own words, the monsters are really easygoing. Yeah, the monsters are basically, they're the adults on the island. And, you know, there there are tons of kids like Oscar who get along better with the more chill, easygoing adults than with the tightly wound kids their own age. So I guess that's just truth in cartooning, really. But, you know, speaking of this being an episode where everyone already knows each other, I did think it was really funny how Oscar tried to pretend not to know who Max was, and Pepper, the panda, was like, wait, they don't know each other? 
Like, so even Pepper <laughs> is acknowledging that it's been a while that this little circle of friends all knows each other. I also liked Max's interaction with the baby. The, you know, Howard the monster is the first one who gets babified. And I have to say that I agree with Max that babies are very useless. I like how he says that Howard was cool and complicated before being turned into a baby. And really the whole uh, lesson for the viewer of this episode is that babies are basically a dead weight to you. They just hold you back and keep you from riding on water slides. And, you know, I appreciate that. Yes. And, you know, if, if you don't have an Oscar in your life, you know, you're just going to sit there and be hypnotized by how cute they are. <laughs> We all could learn a lot from Oscar. Babies, <laughs> return them to sender. This has been your um, anti-hospital PSA, I guess. I wherever <laughs> baby, wherever you get your babies from, boycott it. I guess I don't know. I, I'm come to think of that's actually probably not what we were supposed to get out of this episode. <laughs> I, mean... I think I think the moral of the episode was that touching your own nose is a really really bad indicator that somebody's making you nervous that did not work out well at all <laughs> yeah i do like that that's the signal the monsters establish to let everybody know something is going wrong but it is completely useless because alice just locks down all the doors and cackles you turned them into babies no we turned them into babies <laughs> yeah with that oscar guilt yeah, I wouldn't say he's complicit, and he really didn't consent any more than the monsters did. He was her useful idiot. I gotta say, Oscar's bewilderment at just how warped the monsters have become once they've become babies was the best gag for me in this episode. Like, oh, especially when yes. he focuses on the one monster that is now using the same password for every website they visit. That was a fantastic gag. <laughs> Oscar's definitely right, though, listeners. Make sure that uh, you're not doing that and that you're using a good password manager that, uh, you know, auto-random generates some passwords for you. Yeah, don't let yourself get pwned. I keep, every, every time I watch this episode, I keep meaning to see if we find out the fate of the monster that went over the waterfall, but I'm always <laughs> distracted by the water slide, so I keep forgetting. Yeah, I don't... I... I didn't pay attention either to whether or not we see that specific character model return, but I do feel like the entire group of monsters is restored at the end. So I still appreciate the gag either way. I mean, I'm I'm just saying I'm watching the I'm watching the episode again, and nobody nobody returns that particular baby to Alice. Rip. But I don't know. I I think the monster does survive because there is a much later episode where he's present. You have. Well, then again, there are only six monsters in that boat, plus the baby. So yeah, that would make seven monsters in total. So yeah, I I, I guess they find him after the fact. <laughs> and restore him, because otherwise it would take him a very long time to age back to his uh, regular age. 50 years. Unless 50 years pass on <laughs> Summer Camp Island. We don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure time flows weirdly there. <laughs> otherwise, they just had a very eventful summer. I don't know. Besides all the uh, weird darkness, though, the dialogue between especially Oscar and Hedgehog continues to build on the theme of everybody being super supportive of each other. And I really enjoy that. A lot of it is just really worth awing after. And I like that it continually is contrasted with Oscar having to keep interjecting his distress at trying to solve the baby problem. I don't know if that's a uh, 
recurring theme they use for humor later on in the show, but it worked really well here. Yeah, the the dialogue was like a little like very functional, not meant to look pretty at all, but it is just really nice. No, we believe you. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone um there isn't an element of anyone not understanding each other. <laughs> so in that regard, the plot is never based around a misunderstanding or characters being bad at communicating. They're very efficient at communicating, and I appreciate that. And while they're efficient, they also throw in that they love each other or that uh you know some other supportive comment yeah I, I do appreciate a very supportive show maybe that's what i love about steven universe so much or Mau Mau. yes just uh we don't want to support babies we want to support ourselves first yeah there we go return to sender <laughs> i like that that was the solution that just all the kids threw the babies back into alice's home which you know is that the fact that that prompts Alice is absurd, but okay. I, I love how her initial reaction is, okay, I'm just going to destroy all these babies now. <laughs> and Oscar's like, or you could just turn them back into adults. And she's like, oh yeah, that's so much easier. And the right thing to do. And whatever. Yeah, Alice actually doesn't care at all about what the right thing to do is. And it's so funny that she's so chill and doesn't actually want to do like evil at least initially with creating babies, but she's completely fine with obliterating and, and murdering them. She's very open to the idea of evil, though <laughs> not dedicated to it. I mean, makes you wonder how Susie would have reacted to being told that it was the right thing to do. So? <laughs> I don't have the feeling yet that Susie is particularly malevolent, though. She's the grouchy one. Right, like, it seems like she wouldn't really care to do anything bad to people she just seems very inwardly focused <laughs> yeah i mean you saw how quickly she lost interest in what alice was up to instantly she lost interest instantly after asking her what she was doing no time passed unlike the rest of the show <laughs> i'm just wondering though about that water slide like how 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 many times did that yeti try and fail to get on the water slide that they had to do so many repairs more importantly, that was a very large construction project that Oscar and Hedgehog sort of organized. I mean, it was really long, really large, and they appeared to be off screen using cranes and other, you know, construction equipment of some sort. Probably magical construction equipment. Magic is real there, after all. I do like that montage as far as it including little funny details, too, like parts of the slide apparently being sentient and smooching as they are connected. Yeah, I, th I think on Summer Camp Island, you're more surprised when an inanimate object isn't sentient. <laughs> right. What isn't alive on this island? It, it has disturbing implications. Yeah, but fun implications. Oh, like I said, this was this was a really good episode, though. It's... Again, a little bit disorienting, having there be no Oscars learning curve episode. I kind of feel like we missed out a little bit on that, but I guess that's not the kind of story they wanted to tell. No, I mean, again, I think this episode shows the kind of versatility that Summer Camp Island will be able to have, and that makes me want to keep watching it. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong. Well, awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to not be definitely wrong. I mean, ooh, like I said, the, ooh, the next episode, we're going to get a, again, we're going to get a, actually, it's a very good Susie episode, which is good because I love Susie. She's the best. 
apparently the witches are <laughs> some of the most interesting characters on the show. It's funny that the focus kind of immediately shifts to them here and then apparently in the next episode. But I guess Oscar still gets to be in the background. Oh no, Oscar's first and foremost in all of the episodes. It's just, we get a, a good light shown on Susie as well. I mean, and remember, who's voiced by the showrunner? That's a good point. Speaking of voices, though, I really do like uh, Charlene Yee's performance of Alice in this because I kind of had the impression from just hearing her in interviews on late night TV and from her just voicing multiple rubies that she kind of just sounds like Ruby or what I thought was herself. But Alice has a different it's not even that subtly different. Like she's a little more subdued and quieter. Um, there's a little bit less of that, like, forcefulness. It's not quite raspy, but she even, like this episode, shows the versatility of Summer Camp Island. I think Charlene Yee's performance as Alice kind of makes me go, oh, she's like a more versatile voice actor, too, which is pretty cool. She can catch up to Tara Strong yet. <laughs> I just loved the the fact that the witch's doors are, uh, you know, sentient, just like everything else. And I don't think you're going to like it. I thought it was a, I I know they come back to that. And I, I I do like it, the knock 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 knock. Well, if we're just throwing out sentient objects lines, I will say my noted best line from the episode, uh much like the simple gag of the banana slipping on its peel last episode, I like the dollar bill that when it gets ripped in half in this episode, just exclaims, No, my value <laughs> Oh, that was glorious. Now I, I thought you were gonna mention the tree saying they're not going to the party oscar you know having overheard the conversation with alice right but it's just a tree yeah don't know how he heard but <laughs> and then you know howard hiding behind the tree and so you have the the tree gesturing while we can't you know it kind of looks like it's howard anyway guys that's been us on monster babies don't know what we'll be talking about next week, but the next Summer Camp Island episode we talk about will definitely be the third episode, Chocolate Money Badgers. But until next week, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or like on YouTube. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.